What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. And um, by another, we mean the hundredth episode. The hundredth episode. <laughs> yes a hundred episodes that's actually like kind of crazy yeah that's like a lot that's like if we think about the fact that we've made a hundred scripts a hundred editing sessions like that's yeah we've sat here a hundred times a hundred times talking to each other a hundred times too many if you no i'm kidding Uh, (laughs) i'm like agreed let's end it here (laughs) we're like in this last last. episode No, no, just kidding. But yes, it is the hundredth episode. Um, we are so excited. I feel like that, like it really is just like who has a portfolio of like a hundred different examples Things. of like a skill examples. <laughs> it, but that's what it is. Like when you think about it, I don't know. Yeah, I'm there's excited. a lot of uh, there's like a hundred hours worth of like dirt for people to uh, pull out about us in the future. That's true. That's awesome. true. That's why we don't make enemies. That's why we make love, not enemies. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so in honor of the 100th episode, we decided, you know, what better way to celebrate than to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on what it's like to start a podcast. So I don't know if any of you have ever been interested in starting your own podcast. I feel like actually since I've started this, whenever I bring up the fact that we have a podcast, a decent amount of people are like, oh, I've always thought about doing like that. Like I've always started Mm -hmm. thought about like starting a podcast. And so if that's you, or if you're just like curious, like you're into like behind the scenes type of stuff, um, we're going to kind of like peel back the layers of what you need to think about if you want to start a podcast, sort of the technical aspects, marketing your podcast, you know, all of the little uh, details that you kind of need to think about and iron out if you really want to start a podcast and take it seriously and do it consistently enough for a hundred episodes. Yes. And we've had definitely, I would say like I would say like five to 10 people message us on the TDH Instagram account asking like for our advice on starting and like what do we use to record and like all of this stuff. So yeah, we're really going to give you all the intel, all the stuff that we wish we knew a hundred episodes ago because we had to do a lot of digging and a lot of research <laughs> um, to find all of the platforms and everything that we use now. So yes. And I feel like we're very qualified because we have done a hundred consistent episodes. And I really just want to like brag on ourselves really quick at the fact that we never missed an episode. That's true. Don't jinx us, but I know. We never missed a week. But I feel like even if we were to miss knock on wood something, to be able to say like we did a hundred episodes without missing a single week, I'm like, we are on top of our game, people. So get your notebooks. We ain't nothing if we ain't consistent. Yeah. <laughs> so get your notebooks, get your pen, get your agenda. And classes in session. <laughs> yeah. This is podcast 101. Yes. <laughs> but before we do that, you know where we got to start with our segments with the Week in Review. Yes. So I kind of had trouble like 
thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week. I feel like it's been a really nonstop week, but not in terms of anything that would be like interesting for me to talk about. Like just like work stuff that wouldn't really matter to anyone that's not in my job. And I don't know. So um, one notable thing that I feel like happened in this past week is that the mask mandate, indoor mask mandate in Boston lifted. Um, And, you know, it's been lifted before, but I felt like that time a lot of businesses continued to have their own mandates. So it didn't really change life that much. But this time, I actually feel like a lot of places are following the lift. And it's interesting. So the only really place that you still need to wear a mask from what I've seen is uh, like on public transportation, because that's owned by the state, not by Boston. Um, And also on like Ubers and stuff. But for the most part, like it's actually lifted. Like my uh, where I have dance lifted. So like a lot of people didn't wear masks in our last rehearsal, which was weird. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is a hot take and I'm, I'm open to debate on this if you want to like message me and give me your, your side. But in general, I have mixed feelings towards lifting it because mm. I feel like obviously we're all fatigued of doing it. And I think it's basically like a public health measure so that when, when we really need to wear a mask, like people aren't so tired of it basically. Yeah. So they like to give people a break when breaks are like warranted. But I feel like <laughs> this analogy came to me and it's kind of like if your town was like, oh, we haven't had any accidents on the highway. So like no more speed limit. Like yeah, that's <laughs> you know a good way I mean? to put it. <laughs> or like no more seatbelts required because like we haven't had an accident in like X days. And it's like, I yeah. don't really feel like, I don't know, maybe that's not comparable. I'm sure like, I'm sure Mayor Wu and like all of the people in charge are like listening to the science and the people that know more than I do. But I just feel like from my non-medical perspective, I just don't really feel like the net benefit outweighs the fact that it's just going to like... I just feel like we're always like, oh my God, how is COVID still here? Like, how is there another um, variant? And it's like, well, because we're not wearing masks. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And I know that we can't wear masks forever. So I don't know what the solution is, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting because it's like, it's obviously a positive thing and I should be like happy about it. But I just can't help but feel like it's, I feel like we've been promised these things before. Yeah. And I just feel like a little cynical. <laughs> towards it like I'm like all right we'll see how long this one lasts like yeah no that that's exactly how I feel I think the very first time they ever lifted masks and like got more lenient I had that like hopeful like oh my god like things are getting better this is great and then we saw the first you know spike and it was like oh okay like back to wearing masks and you can only go through that like same up and down so many times before you're like okay people like I'm not a scientist and I'm putting two and two together. So I don't really understand (laughs) why the scientists aren't putting two and two together. I definitely think it's just a public health thing. Like I think people in like in public health know human habits and know that like too long of anything is going to exhaust people. So they want to give people this break, like while it's, while numbers are low enough that we can allow it. So that like if there's ever a really bad variant again, they can like enforce it. But I'm like, how did we go? Like literally like 60 days ago, two months ago, we were all freaking out about not having like KN95s, like cloth masks weren't enough. And now all of a sudden, no masks are fine. Like, I'm like what? Yeah. It's a lot for me to That's process a good point. As, a very, as a very risk averse person, I feel like it's it's just like a sudden yeah. change. Um, but trying to look at it as a good thing would love everyone's takes because I think it is a net benefit to society if people don't have to wear masks all the time. I'm just... 
like I said, I think the word is like cynical. Like I'm feeling a little cynical about yeah. how long it'll last and like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So that was one thing. And then on the note of Boston stuff, we actually got a DM on Instagram of someone asking if we would ever do a Boston like meetup. And I, I feel like we would. Oh, yeah. I 100% would. I would want to facilitate some sort of like invite system <laughs> just yes. for safety reasons. <laughs> we want to meet our Boston girlies, but like I'm not trying to get kidnapped. Right, no. right, right. But you know, You're what like I mean. this is my exact location. I'm wearing this. I'm like, Come this, find me. my address <laughs> is, my phone number is. <laughs> yeah, but if you live in Boston, maybe we can do a poll. Because I don't, yeah. I mean, I know that a lot of our listeners are in Boston, but I don't know like the overall percentage or if it would be enough to like warrant something like that. Yeah. But if you'd be into it, let us know. And if you have any suggestions of where you'd want to go, yeah. let us know. We could go and to that I- new high street oh, food yes. court. Yes. They opened like a bougie timeout market for yeah. those of you. Yeah. In downtown. Um, yeah. So anyway, and then also on the note of letting us know where to go, <laughs> don't you just love my transitions? Um, me and Kylie want to plan a trip in the fall. It's true. For our birthdays. Our birthdays are like a month apart. Mm-hmm. We have some ideas, but if you have been anywhere that you really liked and you feel like is underrated that we should go, DM us because – I don't know what kind of like – I feel like we're open to most types of vacations, but I feel like we're yeah. leaning more more like adventurous, less like yeah. beach lounge vibes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm down to explore yeah. a new place. Um, but other than that, I'm very much open to anything. Yeah. We're open to domestic. We're open to international as long as yeah. it's not – crazy far because we're not trying to take too much time off but yeah don't I was telling my boss that we were planning this and she was like honestly take two weeks off who cares I was like girl (laughs) you're like but then I like won't have any other time (laughs) yeah I'm like I don't want to use all my PTO Carol but thank you so much I don't know if I should say my (laughs) boss's name I guess it's a common name if you're listening (laughs) sup sup bestie the Carol the Carol um but yeah that's it just uh no more masks Boston meetup. Tell us where to go. That's all. Yes. Love it. Okay. So for my week in review, I have two like very unrelated things, which is fine. Seems like a trend this week. Yeah. A little discombobulated. Yeah. We love a mismatched pair. You know, lots of diversity in our weeks. Um, So the first one, Anya was privy to. She Actually, you got to see me. Grant got to see me before going on a date and you got to see Mm -hmm. me after coming back from a date. Um, which is definitely a certain type of like psychotic Kylie to witness. Um, but I went on a first date on Friday near where Anya lives. So I ended up staying with her, hence why her and her boyfriend saw me. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you besties. We struck out. We did. Mm. And that's okay. That's okay. I would like to like preface this by saying the guy was not like a bad guy like it wasn't a bad date in the sense of like oh like my safety is threatened right now awesome cool uh because I recognize that that sometimes happens and that's very scary um so it wasn't that's not the situation that we're dealing with here we aren't dealing with like a weirdo borderline uncomfortable guy but you know our man, he just, he didn't know how to hold a conversation. He really didn't. Um, 
I know how to hold a conversation based off of a complete and utter fear of silence. Mm. So I really, I mean, I talked about euphoria for probably 20 minutes. This man has never seen the show. He's never seen the show. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> uh, but I went on and he now lives his life knowing my favorite characters, my least favorite characters, my thoughts and opinions, um, which is good for him. But mm-hmm. he didn't ask for that. <laughs> well, he didn't really ask for anything. It's he didn't really like. ask for much. And we had so little in common, which is also mm. tough. And again, not my fault, not his fault. It was just one of those like, all right, well, we'll get him next time. But I, I don't know if I've talked about this before. I know I've said it to you before. I'm very adamant about like drinks on a first date. That's what like the best first date option, in my opinion, is to get drinks with someone, not food. Maybe an appetizer if you're feeling good about this date, like 20 or so minutes in. But did you sit at the bar or a table? A table. Okay. So, which I kind of prefer that because I feel like it's awkward sitting at a bar. It's a little weird to not face each other. Yeah. Yeah. But it would enforce the drinks only vibe. Yeah. So it's tough. But I always like when I'm planning the date, I very adamantly am like drinks, 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 drinks. You know what the best case scenario is? Specifically at this restaurant, they have um, like the bar has a corner on either side. Mm. You got to get the corner bar seat so you can still face each other, but you're at the bar. Like that's your move next time. Noted. Um, But what I always do is when I show up to the date, they almost always ask, oh, have you eaten already? And my answer is immediately yes. Even if I haven't. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I haven't eaten food in six days. That's a lie. I don't do that. Um, but the answer is always yes. And then I always go for the, oh, but like if you're hungry and you want to order food, like go for it. Don't let me stop you. And nine out of ten times I don't do it. Yeah, usually they get the hint. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. Like just drink. <laughs> um, I'm like, ladies, you better be taking notes. <laughs> um, but we get to the table and this guy's like, oh, I haven't eaten anything all day. And I'm like, well, uh, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, guess you're going to have get, to go a little longer. <laughs> get blastered. Is that a word? Plastered. Plastered. Yeah. Plastered not blastered. Getting blastered. I, blastered. New thing. Um, so I'm like, okay. They had charcuterie boards at this place. I'm like, that's, a, that's safe because that's something you can munch on, but you can like very easily be done with it relatively quickly. Um. And about halfway through my first drink, I already know. I'm like, this isn't turning into a second date. I've Mm. seen what I needed to see and I'm good. Um, So I slowly finish my drink, eat my various cheese and crackers and bread. And our waitress comes by and she looks at me and she goes, oh, do you want another drink? And I say, oh, no, I'm good. Thank you. She looks at my date. Oh, do you want another drink? Yeah. No, I'd love another drink. I was like, Uh, I feel but, like it's so important to take cues like that. It's so subtle, but and it's this is this is what I like. Do you get what I'm saying when I say he was just like very awkward in the sense of I'm like, buddy, you're it's giving nothing. It's giving nothing to work with. So yeah, not him listening. <laughs> like he, yeah, very nice guy. There is a girl out there for this man, right? He seems very sweet. It's not me, but there is a girl out there for this man. And I would also like to point out that he was 5'9". And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with men that are 5'9", because I realize all of Southie is 5'9". But I specifically changed the shoes that I was going to wear with my outfit so that I wouldn't be too tall. And I regret that. 
because my outfit would have been a lot cuter with the shoes that I wanted. Were you wearing five-inch heels? Well, no. <laughs> I feel well, like it wasn't really a concern. <laughs> here's the thing. I always get nervous that they're going to be actually shorter than, oh, than they, they say. say. Okay. So That's I like fair, plan. Yeah. I try to like plan in advance. And I'll mm. tell you what. I'm a tall 5'4". We were dealing with a short 5'9". <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> a 5'9". That's actually like a 5'7". Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. if they're That's admitting fair. that they're 5'9 on their profile, they're not 5'9". And if they're 5'11", mm-hmm. they're 5'9". Okay. And if they're 6 feet, they're 5'11". Okay. And if they're okay. over 6 feet, they're probably telling the truth. Or they're at least 6 feet. Okay. That's the rules. <laughs> I didn't make them. All right. But that's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, all that's to say, it's okay. Sometimes we strike out. I actually hadn't had, like, a definitively, like, bad first date in a very long time. Like, if ever. I've never had a date where I, like, was at, in the middle of the date being like, yep, <laughs> I'm good. We're good. Let's get out of here. Let's move on mm-hmm. with our lives. So, you know, it wasn't that bad. I'm glad we got that over with. On to the next guy. <laughs> but my other one, to change topics drastically, is I'm dealing with a bit of a medical mystery. Um, it has TDH caused, doctors. Yeah. Notes. Literally. Um, it has caused me copious amounts of panic and anxiety, in case anyone was wondering. I actually was texting on you yesterday and I was telling her how I was having a bad day, and it is because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got, as you guys know, I got a root canal and a crown put on one of my teeth. It was a whole saga. About a week after I got this crown put on, I noticed a lump in my jaw. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And my first thought is like, it must, there must be like an infection Infection, or like something. So I go to my dentist, we go in, my dentist immediately thought just based on the phone call that I had fractured my tooth. And I was like, Oh, scary. So he does a full scan. It was actually really cool to look at like a full 3d x-ray scan of your skull. I highly recommend not the medical part, (laughs) but like if (laughs) give it the opportunity, um, and nothing pops up. He's like, I feel it. Like, I'm touching you and I, I feel it, but there's nothing on there. I'm like, cool. Huh. He's like, so I don't think this is a dental thing. I was like, oh, awesome. Super duper. <laughs> so he's like, okay. Oh. But he was like, let me put you on a round of antibiotics in case it is some sort of, like, residual infection and go from there. I was like, cool. So he puts me on the antibiotics. I go on them for a week. And then... Almost a full week later, after finishing the antibiotics, I still have this bump. So I'm like, hmm. and at this point, I've had it for two weeks. Do you like feel it in your mouth or you feel no. it like if you touch your neck? I like feel it. Other? It's right here. It's like right on my jawbone. So it's not below. Like It's like above. Lip. Yeah. Okay. But you don't feel it in your mouth. If like if you touch no. that with your tongue. Yeah, no. Okay. There's nothing down there. Um. So now I call my dentist back and he goes okay, I'm going to refer you to an oral surgeon. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Awesome. Super duper. And I call the oral surgeon. They say, we can see you March 30th. (laughs) You're like, good thing I am not dying or I'm like, hopefully I'm like miss receptionist at the oral surgeon. I didn't actually say this, but I thought it, I'm like, I have Google and Google does say that it is a malignant tumor. So March 30th ain't going to work for me. (laughs) Um, So I ended up calling my primary care and they were able to see me yesterday. And I went in 
and she like felt around and it's funny because if you had asked me like oh how big do you think it is I probably would have been like oh like a walnut like it's a decent sized bump like we got a big bump my PCP feels it and she goes okay it's about the size of a pea I'm like I feel humbled (laughs) in this moment thank you (laughs) um and like it is movable which is good Google says that's good it is painless which Google actually says is bad uh that is cancer when it's painless it's cancer actually I have heard that yeah um, Not that I think you have cancer, but I, I once had a a swollen something and I, I read the same thing. Yeah. So I'm like, awesome, movable and painless. So we're right back at it could be cancer. It could not be cancer. Um, So she thinks it's a swollen lymph node or a cyst. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, a lymph node. Actually, both of those make sense. Yeah. So I guess I felt very validated that she, that now two like medical professionals have been like, I'm not, like they weren't immediately like biopsy, like mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get blood tests, let's figure out what's going on. But I did end up scheduling an ultrasound to just figure out exactly what it is. She was like, I don't think you need to get one, but like if you just want the peace of mind to like know like, yep, this is exactly what it is. And I'm like, yeah, I do be having anxiety, so <laughs> I'm going to take the ultrasound. Thank you very much. So I'm When's doing that? that on Monday. Okay, nice. We're recording on a Wednesday, in case you're wondering. So, yeah, that's my mystery. Um, If you think I have cancer, lie to me. And <laughs> <laughs> if you think I don't have cancer, tell me. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel a lot better. I had, like, a, a full panic. It was actually really comical because I was on the Peloton, because I was ha- I felt a panic attack coming on. So I was like, I'm going to go on the Peloton, like get my mind off of it. But sometimes you're just in too deep with the panic. Like I, anyone who's had panic attacks, I don't wish it on anyone. It's a horrible feeling. Um, but there is a point of no return where like, you're just, you're going to have it. it. No matter what you do, no matter how many you know square breaths you take, the panic attack is coming. And I was at the point of no return. So I'm sobbing, crying riding the peloton because i've started the ride so i'm not stopping so <laughs> i feel like you just, maybe should have stopped <laughs> and then my my older brother was home and he came downstairs and i'm so and he goes how's your ride going kylie and i'm sobbing and i go dylan i can't have cancer there's so much i haven't done and he's like okay pause the bike <laughs> relax <laughs> But in, at the moment, it was not funny. But in hindsight, I'm like, that's pretty funny. My poor brother was probably like, um, what is this? Sister, yeah. relax. I had, um, I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but right around my birthday, my lymph node was really swollen, but it was kind of in a different place than what you're describing. It was kind yeah. of like at the very, like under my ear almost. Like yeah, I've gotten that, that before. And um, I figured out it was because of the, well, I assume, because a lot of people told me they had the same thing from the COVID booster. But you got that a while ago, so I feel like that can't be it. No, I think if it is a a swollen lymph node, it's definitely from the crown. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And she even mentioned, she was like, well, if you keep touching it, like, that's going to cause the lymph node to react and continue to swell. So she was like, stop touching it. I was like, I I do touch it a lot. That is something that I do. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my medical mystery. I am feeling a lot better about it that I don't have cancer, but I would like some confirmation of that so we're back next week yes stay tuned (laughs) cliffhanger yeah truly all right let's move into our favorites i'm gonna keep these rapid fire because i know you guys just want to hear about the podcast yes So, so 
we both have a uh, spoiler alert trader joe's ice cream <laughs> favorite yeah it's really weird did you see mine and think of yours or was it were you gonna say yours regardless i was thinking about saying mine and then i saw yours and i was like oh i'm definitely gonna do it to keep this ice cream okay. train rolling gotcha <laughs> so my favorite and i am so shocked that this didn't make it into either of our Trader Joe's episodes, um, is the mochi. And for so the longest good. time, I thought I didn't like mochi. I think I really? had – I mean, I had it like a couple years ago and I think it – you know how mochi isn't just like the ice cream version? Yeah. So I had like a different version and I think it had red bean paste, which I know that I don't like in general. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought that's what mochi was. Like it was always with this red bean paste. I don't mm-hmm. know. So I thought I didn't like it. But – um, I decided to give it a try, and I freaking love it. I like it's my favorite little yeah. snack. Yeah. Um. So if you don't know what it is, it's like rice flour with ice cream inside. So it's basically just like a self-contained little ice cream treat, like yeah. chewy outside. Um. And Trader Joe's has, I think, four flavors that I've seen. I don't know if they have like other seasonal ones, but they have strawberry, which is my favorite, mm-hmm. vanilla, which is my second favorite, uh, green tea, which is my third favorite, and then a chocolate peanut butter one which is good but is probably last place for me and it's just perfect because they're not to like not that calories matter with desserts I'm not saying that but it's like 80 calories really hits the sweet tooth yeah like just a little self-contained thing you don't even have to dirty a bit like a dish that's like my favorite yeah. part like you don't have to get out a bowl you don't have to get a spoon it's just like a little perfect little self-contained treat so yeah I'm really into it I look expensive but yeah I've tried all of them but the chocolate peanut butter one so i do want to try yeah. that because i am a peanut it's a butter chocolate girly. outside peanut butter ice cream the peanut butter yeah. ice cream is really good it's kind of the chocolate outside that i'm like Neh. okay interesting i'm gonna pick that up yeah. next time to try it out um and then my trader joe's ice cream favorite is there these are new i'm pretty sure and it's their dairy-free oat milk ice cream sandwiches so you know like the traditional ice cream sandwiches with like the chocolate cookie mm-hmm. and it's like rectangular it's supposed to be that, but vegan. Um, and I think they're really, really good. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that they hold a candle to normal ice cream sandwiches in the sense of like, if you gave a non-vegan or like someone who like wasn't familiar with like plant-based stuff, one of these sandwiches, you wouldn't fool them. They would know like yeah. there's something up with this ice cream sandwich. But Is it, it coconut based? It's oat milk based. Oh, Okay. Which I like because it has sort of like almost like an oatmeal-y type <laughs> oatmeal of flavor. Box. But I'm not like mad about it. I don't mean that to like dissuade anyone from getting it. I think it's really good. The ice cream is a little icy. Um, it's not like the oh, creamiest yeah, yeah, ice cream. So I recommend attempting to get a bite that has cookie and ice cream in it. Don't try to take a bite with just ice cream. But I'm going to purchase them again. I think they're really, really good. And then my next favorite is very random, but I used it today and I just need to talk about it. Um, it's Goo Gone. Yeah. That's and stuff hits. I don't know what rock I've been living on under, but like I just I just purchased it and it works, man. What did it you use it for? Works. I got a juice from Pressed Cafe because they just opened a location in Bedford. So I got a juice from there. And I wanted to save it. They come in like glass jars. Press is like a. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, this is a nice jar and I want to save it. And then I went to (laughs) peel the sticker off 
and it wouldn't work. And I was like, oh, I should get some goo gone and see if it works. Wow. And it did. So, and I also was like thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, if it works, like that'll be helpful for like TJ Maxx, like Marshall's home yeah, good stuff. That's what I use it for. Like yeah. I used it um to get most recently, like I, I bought like a new mirror and you know how they put the sticker like on the actual yes. mirror part? Like why? Ridiculous. But for stuff like that, it's nice. Yeah. So I bought it with one very specific use case in mind, but I knew that like I would have many other use cases for it. So. That's that's a scoop with that. If you haven't gotten on the Gugan train, uh, get on it. It's great. I don't know what that toxic stuff is, but I don't know what they do, got. She in do there. work. It's is crazy. It's crazy <laughs> to watch her do her thing. All right, let's get into our main episode topic here: podcasting one hundred and one. So we're gonna start with like getting started in general, yeah. and then these are kind of like the steps we took. And then I'm going to... If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diosti in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter of the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. Cover the more technical side of things, and Kylie's going to cover the more marketing side of things. Yes. So, buckle up, get your notebooks. We infer. Flashcards. Yeah. <laughs> So the first thing, and this is probably the most obvious thing, but you have to identify what you want to make your show about. Mm -hmm. That (laughs) is kind of hard. (laughs) Very hard. (laughs) Because you have to pick a topic that you can commit to and that you know that you can talk about every week, but also one that can grow with you. So like, I feel like don't pick something that's super, super, I don't know, like life stage related. I don't know how to like. Yeah. I feel like like a podcast about like being in eighth grade (laughs) because then you're going to be in 10th grade. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And like low key, not to call ourselves out, but I feel like we we, kind of made this mistake of, and I don't even want to call it a mistake because I think to credit ourselves, like we did a good transition into a different niche, but um, we picked like the post-grad and then even sprinkled in a little bit of like working full-time versus uh, grad school type of post-grad life. And for those of you who have been listening for a really long time, number one, we're just almost two years out of post-grad now. So we've yeah. kind of 
said all we needed to say about like yeah. post-grad life. And number two, I'm no longer in grad school. So I'm also mm-hmm. living a very similar lifestyle to Anya in that sense. Um, so we ended up sort of pivoting our niche to more just general lifestyle based. Which you can do. Like yeah. it was, it's doable. It's just a little harder because yeah. we definitely lost people and had to regain like newly interested people, which is fine. Yeah. But um, just something to keep in mind, like try not to pick something that's such a static thing. Like try to pick something open-ended enough that it can like evolve with you. And also don't feel like you have to niche down so hard. I feel like that's really yeah. like, pushed on people. But I feel like as long as your overall content has like the same message and everything, I don't think you have to pick like the biggest niche ever. Like take like Jen Lauren, for example. She was on our podcast. Um, I don't even know when, but recently yeah. within the last year. Um, and her initial niche on YouTube was making videos about fitness classes in New York. Like yeah. that is so niche. Yeah. <laughs> fitness classes specifically, New York specifically. And of course, like that's great. I'm sure there is an audience for that, but it wasn't – it's not sustainable to do forever because there's only so many fitness classes and, you know, whatever. So yeah. now she just kind of has evolved to like self-care in general. So I feel like think about that for yourself. Like think about if there's like a, a topic that you're really interested in and like think about if you can extend it to like a more broad category. Maybe that's yeah. a hot take, but I feel like yeah. niching down is overrated kind of. There's just – you need to strike a good balance of like being specific enough that people know what they're getting out of your show, but not to your point so specific that like it's a very finite audience. Yeah, that you're that's the word. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So then the next thing you need to do is pick your format. So do you want to have a solo podcast where you're just, you know, shooting the breeze about various topics, whatever your niche is? Do you want to have uh, someone with you, a co-hosting situation like Anya and I have? Do you want to, you know, be the host of your podcast, but every single week have a different guest on the show? Do you want to do a mix of any of these? So as you guys have probably figured out, Anya and I are a co-hosting situation and we sometimes have guests on our show when it makes the most sense with our particular niche and subject matter. Um, I personally can't imagine having a solo podcast. I just can't talk to myself for that long. But if you can, by all means, like there's some very powerful and very good podcasts out there with one single host. So yeah, I feel like it takes practice because Mm -hmm. like – we do solo episodes yeah. and I feel like we just don't do them enough to like get really good at it. But like I'm sure it like anything else kind of comes with time. Yeah. Um, and something I would add to format that we didn't write down but kind of just came to me is like think about if you want to have like a certain flow to your episode. So like for us, like we do a little intro and then we do our segments and those are always the same. So you always like yeah. come knowing what to expect and then we get into more content. So think about if there's any sort of structure like that that you want to have. Like, do you always want to have like a quote of the week or like a news update or like, you know, figure out what yeah. works for your show. But I feel like it's also good to kind of have like an um, a consistent structure to your episode yeah. so that people know what they're going to what – what they can expect. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So the next one is to pick your cadence. How often are you going to put out episodes? Is it going to be weekly? It's going to be bi-weekly, monthly. I don't really think there's a right answer um, daily, like the daily. Yeah. Um, like I think I think you can do well regardless. I just think you have to pick one and be consistent so that your yeah. audience knows what to expect. I think if you 
say one thing and do another, you kind of start to lose people. Yeah. So it's okay if you don't have like the bandwidth to put on an episode every single week. Like I think that's fine. You could definitely do bi-weekly. But I know that for me personally, like I have podcasts that I listen to that don't have a formal schedule and I don't really gravitate towards them because I never – I just don't know when they're coming out and I kind of lose interest. Yeah, that's a really good point. And be like really honest with yourself of what you can handle because like that at the end of the day is what's going to keep you consistent. Like if you get over ambitious and think like, yep, I can definitely do weekly and then you burn out, now you're probably even going to skip the bi-weekly monthly cadence and end up taking like a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so. some stat. We could probably pull it up if we wanted to, but there's some stat that's crazy that's like literally like 95% of the podcasts that have ever been produced have like less than five episodes. And I think it's like mostly for this reason. Like people just yeah. don't – they don't set themselves up for like success in knowing how often they're going to put out content. And like maybe you don't have to say it the very first episode. Like I don't really think we did. I think if you go back yeah. and listen to our first episode, we don't say like new episodes every week. I think we say like we're going to see. And then once we figured out that it was like sustainable for us, we established that cadence. And that's like what you guys can expect from us now. Yeah. Um. And I think another thing to think about, we don't do this. You probably noticed we don't have like seasons to our podcast, but some podcasts do that, especially yeah. ones that have guests because it's easier to like batch record with guests at, you know, one part of the year and just like release them on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So think about if you want to do something like that, you know, maybe you or your student and you have summers off. So you know that you would have a lot of time to focus on it then, but not during the year. Like maybe you have like a season structure where, you know, you batch record in the summer and you like release it in a season. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, that's an that's option. A point. That's a good point. So then the next thing to think about, and arguably the hardest thing to think about, yeah. is picking your name and writing a compelling description. So the compelling description, I feel like, isn't as hard in the sense of, like, once you have a niche and once you kind of know what you want to talk about in the format that you want to do, writing the description isn't going to be too crazy. We did, like, a little bit of SEO mm-hmm. research to figure out kind of keywords that we should hit on, especially with, like being more in like the lifestyle post-grad like female oriented space um so definitely recommend that but the description I feel like wasn't the super super hard part the hard part is the name because that's like what people know your pot like it's your whole brand essentially your whole brand trickles off of the name that you set for the podcast and it's what the first thing people see before they even click play on an episode before they even probably read the episode title they see that your podcast is named, in our case, Two Degrees Hotter. So it's a lot of pressure to, it is, yeah. to pick a name. I um, would also recommend searching if there's already a podcast with the same name. Yes, because smart. I feel like that happens kind of a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a but good it point. Is definitely, it is definitely a hard part. And, um, yeah. We were between two names. We were. And I don't want to say what the other one was because it's actually a fun fact. It's like our password. Oh, <laughs> yeah. True. Accounts. I almost was like, no, we should say it. But never mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably fine. But um, now it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and I'm so glad we went with this one. I feel like the other one was Same. so – it was very trendy. Um, and I guess I would also encourage you guys to not pick something so trendy. Like it was basically like yeah. a, very, a statement that was very trendy at that time, which would have per- like appealed to – the kind of like Gen Z TikTok audience that we wanted, but is now like very 2020, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that our podcast name, I think, and this is something to consider because 
we did pick it in the idea with the idea that our niche was going to be this sort of like post-grad dual experience type of thing. And that's where the idea of two degrees hotter, we had just graduated. But really, now that we've like strayed away from that, it acts as somewhat of like a timestamp of like, Mm -hmm. here's when these two girls started their podcast. Does that make sense? And I think that still like fits really well with our brand. Yeah. And it's like punny. Um, yeah. So I get lots of compliments any... on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, not to not to gas ourselves up, but um, I think that's like one of the things we did right with the pod was like picking our name. And we spent, yeah. I mean, we spent like a couple, a week or two like thinking about it, oh, asking yeah. people. So yeah, for do sure. Do some crowdsourcing. That's another thing. Like I think we asked um, a lot of our friends which of the two they preferred and it helped even if we didn't follow their advice, it helped us realize which one we wanted more. So. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next one is to create or contract out your cover art and just your overall like aesthetic, I would say. So I yeah. remember we made like a brand guide in the beginning, which I would actually be interested to find that now and see like how much we stuck to it. But we essentially just like picked our main colors, kind of like the feel that we wanted. And that was really great because we could send it over to the graphic designer that did our cover art. Um, which was actually a fun fact, um, Emily Reyna, who's super, super famous on TikTok now. Yeah. <laughs> um, before she was famous on TikTok, she was our cover artist. Yep. So um, yeah, so we had a we had a friend and we paid her. Um, I think you should always pay people for their work yep. um, to do that. But it was really great to kind of hand over this like guide that we put together. So she kind of understood what we were going for and it was perfect. Um, but if you don't have a friend that's in graphic design, there's lots of like freelance websites you can look yeah. at. Like Fiverr is like the biggest one. Um, And there's a couple others like just Google like freelance graphic design um, and I'm sure you'll find one. And it's not something that you have to pay like a ton of money for, but it is um, a little bit of an upfront cost. And then kind of on the same wavelength is to pick your intro music. And I would just recommend getting like royalty free songs. I know you can like purchase the rights to a song. So if you feel really strongly about a song that you find online and you want to like buy it, I mean, go off. Yeah. Don't let ours us is actually you. just um yeah, ours is just a royalty free one. And there's lots of royalty free websites that will just have yeah. songs and they're always kind of like for different moods. Like I forget what yeah. else was. It was like upbeat. Like it was Yeah. Like, yeah. Um and it's really funny because I shortly after we came out with the podcast, I got a Northeastern like email ad or something that had a like infomercial about Northeastern with our music. <laughs> Yes, I didn't get like a corporate vibe, but like, okay. Yes, I remember you saying that. And then also I've gotten YouTube ads. I want to say for Skillshare, but I could be making that up. Um, But I definitely have gotten YouTube ads that have it in the background. And I'm like, I know that song. (laughs) That song is my brand. (laughs) So I guess you're risking that. But like, honestly, I think our our music has served us well. Yeah. I feel like we could switch it up. Like that's something you can change down the line for sure. Yeah. And your cover art. Like we've thought about – kind of rebranding ours as well just to kind of like keep up with what we're going for now so yeah these aren't like super permanent but you want to like them you want to stick with them for a little while yeah for sure um so then the next thing to consider is buying your equipment um and to be completely transparent when we first started we didn't buy any equipment we just used Mm -hmm. the headphones that we had the microphones that are like connected within your headphones and we recorded that way and we did that for like a pretty decent amount of time at least the first month or so yeah um and then we decided to um splurge a little bit and get microphones and I say splurge sarcastically because we did pay $30 for our microphones on Amazon but you know what I've 
gotten compliments that our show sounds high quality. Like people don't seem to notice that we're using pretty low budget equipment on the show. So I'm like, okay, it works. And we definitely noticed a huge quality increase from headphones to microphone. So that was like really all we were doing. So it definitely doesn't have, like you don't have to spend the $150 that a Blue Yeti mic costs. That's what I was going to say. If you want to go for it, by all means, don't let us stop you. But if you're kind of just dipping your toe in the water and like don't want to sink too much of an investment at the offset, like definitely get the $30 Amazon mics. And I bet we can even link it down below because I'm sure it's- we'll link the one we have. I just said that with like a Canadian accent. I was like down below. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You probably have heard of the Blue Yeti if you've done like any sort of podcast or like audio research. That's kind of like the top of the line non like studio mic, like more like I guess recreation or like amateur mic. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think it's like 120 or like 150 bucks or something. Yeah. And we've thought about upgrading ours as well. Like we we definitely recognize we could have better sound quality, but I think we're much more equipped to make a choice like that two years in now that we know it's like something we like to do and something that we're doing consistently. Whereas it kind of sucks to like blow your money on a mic and realize podcasting is like not your thing. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely encourage like don't splurge up front, kind of like take incremental steps as you, you know. Yeah. And there's stuff you can do to improve your audio. And I'll talk about that um, when we get to the technical side of stuff. Yes. And then the last sort of thing you need to know about getting started is you should make a trailer. And for a couple of reasons. Trailers are in theory nice because obviously people can see, they can come to your page and see that you have a trailer and listen to it. However, I don't really think that's (laughs) the main reason you should make one because we don't have that many listens on our trailer. I don't really think people use them all that much. Um, But the main reason you should make a trailer is because it actually takes time to get approved on different podcast platforms. So different platforms have different timelines. I don't know if there's like, I don't know if they like force an intern to like listen and make sure it's like PC or I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. Um, But for some reason you have to go through an approval process just for your very first thing that you put out there. It doesn't happen every time. So just for your very first episode or your trailer or whatever the first thing is, you have to get approved. And it could take 24 hours. It could take two weeks. It depends on the platform. So Apple Podcasts takes the longest. So the reason I say that you need a trailer is because if you want to have like a release day, like if you want to announce that your podcast is dropping X day and like build the hype or if you know you want your episodes to come out on like Wednesdays or Tuesdays, like – you need to have a trailer up so that you can actually publish your first episode the day you want to publish it. Because Mm -hmm. if you publish your episode, assuming it's going to go live then, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) So that was something that took a decent amount of research for us to figure out. So just kind of a pro tip that I wanted to share. And it's, you know, a good practice to make a trailer. It gives you a chance to practice editing and whatever. But yeah, the real reason is uh, to get approved. (laughs) To get approved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so kind of moving into the technical side of things, I won't spend too long on this, but just kind of going to talk about the three main platforms that we use. Um, So a lot of people ask how we record remotely. Um, We've actually only ever recorded two episodes with each other, fun fact, if you guys didn't know. Um, And so we record over Zoom, but we don't use Zoom's audio. So we record at this third party uh, website called Zencaster, and we'll have this Mm -hmm. all linked down below. Um, and we use the classic version of Zencaster yeah. <laughs> because we didn't like their upgrade, um, their update, I guess. So you can do go to like classic.zencaster.com to get like the old version. Yeah. It's just what we're used to. I don't know. Um, but basically it's a website that allows every 
one on your call to have their audio all recorded locally on their end. So like right now my audio is recording on my computer, Kylie's audio is recording on her computer, and then it's gonna just going to send all the files to me as opposed to the alternative, which would be everything recording on my computer, but over Wi-Fi. So like mm -hmm. in this, using Zencaster, if Kylie's Wi-Fi breaks up for me and she freezes for a second, she doesn't freeze in her recording because yeah. it's just recording on her laptop, if that makes sense. So it just kind of, um, number one, avoids any issues with like freezing or bandwidth. Um, and also the, the quality is just as best as it can be because you're not hearing people over their over your internet, you're hearing them as like pure as they can sound. Yeah. So that's one thing. And if you're going to use Zencaster, there's a setting called VOIP. I don't remember what it stands for, but you're going to want to turn that off if you're going to use Zoom because otherwise you'll hear like echoes of yourself and it's kind of scary. So <laughs> um, that's where that's how we record. We do Zoom so we can see each other, but we do Zencaster in another window. Mm -hmm. And then to edit, I use Audacity, which I think is pretty much the most popular platform. It's a free open source software you can download. It's not sketchy. I don't have any viruses or anything. Um, <laughs> and it's it's kind of overwhelming. Like it looks kind of like what you would imagine people produce music on. I think that's like the main purpose for it. Um, so there's lots of different settings and stuff, but don't get overwhelmed. You basically just have to like import your tracks. And then there's two settings that I tend to do on every single audio track, which is um, I'll noise reduce. And you can look up how to do that. And then I'll normalize. And I think that helps a lot because it helps get rid of like any white noise in the back or like if your heater's on or like stuff like that. Um, and then I basically just listen through to the episode. And I've kind of gotten it down to a science at this point um, of like what I know that I have to do. But I just listen through to every episode like live speed and just make little edits that I have to. So if there's like an extra weird long pause, if there is someone's like water bottle makes a loud noise when they put it down, like that kind of stuff. Um, but you'll notice like with our show, I'm not, we're not going for like a streamlined <laughs> yeah, like vibe. Like we're not, we're definitely leaving in ums, we're leaving in likes. Like we're not going for a, any crazy editing. I'll just edit out anything that's like distracting or yeah. stumbling over our words or whatever. Yeah. So that's our style. You could have a different style, but because of that, it doesn't make editing like the most daunting process. Um, and then the last sort of platform I'll mention on the technical side is our podcast distributor, which is yeah. Anchor. Like, not sponsored, although they did sponsor us in the beginning. That is um, true. And Anchor is pretty much the go-to podcast distribution yeah. website. There's a couple others that I know of, but Anchor is just super straightforward. And you can actually edit in Anchor as well, which I know yeah. you've done before. Yeah. Um. So if you're nervous about Audacity or if you download it and it, like, intimidates you, you can definitely edit in Anchor as well. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's an option. But it's nice because Anchor distributes to all the platforms for you. So, like – Sometimes people have asked me like, oh, how do you get on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Radio Public and whatever, Pocket Casts? And it's yeah. like you literally just hit down – you hit publish on Anchor and it distributes and it, everywhere. Yeah. So. It's clutch. Yeah. Those are the um, main things. Did I miss any platforms or anything? No, I would say the only other thing I would note is on the editing side, again, if Audacity kind of intimidates you, um, I've heard a lot of people use GarageBand as well. Mm. Um, and that obviously comes with your MacBook, I'm pretty sure. So if that's more your speed, that's also another option for you. Yeah. But Audacity's worked pretty well for us. And I'm pretty like technically challenged and I could figure out Audacity. So <laughs> I have faith that you guys can too. Yeah, and you'll probably start slow. Like I think in yeah. the beginning of the show, it took me like double whatever the episode length was to edit because I was still figuring it out. 
But to be honest, now it's like just part of my weekly routine. I basically end up multitasking. Like I listen to the podcast and cut out whatever I need to do. But I'm also usually like shopping or like doing something else in my other uh, monitor. So yeah, you'll get to a point where you're more comfortable with it. Yeah, for sure. So now looking at the marketing side, um, we do want to note that the unfortunate thing about having a podcast is that the podcast algorithm just is not the best at all. <laughs> existent? <laughs> Maybe it's I, not existent. <laughs> it probably doesn't actually exist at all. But I feel like with other social media, I mean, you look at like a social media like TikTok, and their algorithm is like solely based on virality and like having videos like just blow up in that sense. And that's why you see so many people do it because however their algorithm works, it has no problem pushing someone that has two followers. If people start to like the video that they post, they're just going to keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Um, Instagram has gotten like really convoluted, I feel like in the past couple of years, their algorithm is like really all over the place. But there's still instances where they're recommending, you know, different creators, they have explore pages, um, based on your activity on the app, they're trying to sort of like personalize the experience for you and give you people that they think you would like. Podcasts just don't do that. As you guys probably know, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've been into some sort of podcast streaming app. And you know that there's really only like the top charts. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> that's all yeah. you have to work with. And that obviously is based off of downloads. And so if you're a huge podcast, if you're like a call her daddy, Joe Rogan sized podcast, then you're always showing up on there. And that's why they keep getting listeners, regardless of the content that they're putting out. <laughs> no tea, no shade. <laughs> no, um, but for smaller podcasts like our show, we like don't stand a chance at getting there nine out of 10 times because yeah. we like relatively fall into the same category as Call Her Daddy. And it's like, well, <laughs> we're <Yeah>. not gonna, <laughs> you know, Al Cooper like- isn't quaking. Right. So you have to take like a much more proactive marketing approach than I feel like you would if you had like a YouTube channel or something like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, And when you said downloads, not to interrupt all the marketing stuff, but it reminded me, you can see like downloads and all of your like stats and stuff in Anchor as well. Mm -hmm. That's a question that we get sometimes. But something, another quirk about podcasts that you should know about before you start one, you can't actually get a straight answer of how many followers you have. Yeah. Which is very weird. So you can see downloads for every single episode and all time and all of those things. But I think the platforms just don't share enough information for, at least on Anchor, to give you a cohesive amount of followers. So I wouldn't even really call that like a measure of success, honestly. Like I think it used to bother us a lot more and now we've just kind of realized it's not even relevant. It really just matters how many people are listening. It doesn't matter if they've subscribed to get a notification or not, but just something to keep in mind. But anyways, back to marketing. Yes. Um, So a big part, at least within the podcast um, platforms and what we're doing through Anchor, we're just trying to use a little bit of SEO, you know, so if we are like, for example, our what we spend in a week, I made sure in our description to use terms like money, budgeting, spending habits, financial, like, you know what I mean? You try to like hit as many of those as you can. So if someone's searching in the Apple Podcasts platform, you know, money, there's a better chance that you're going to pop up. Um, But that's really all you can do within the platforms. Uh, So that means that you have to rely heavily on social media, which is an uphill battle, besties. I'm not going to lie. 
<laughs> we, as you know, mainly use Instagram. As I said a little bit ago, Instagram's algorithm is really just all over the place. And I swear to God, it's changing every like two to three business days. Um, so we're doing our best. But some tips for what we've been doing or what we found to be successful is number one, putting together a cohesive feed. Um, Because I think especially when you have a podcast as opposed to just like a personal brand influencer page is you kind of have to treat it like almost like a company would treat Mm -hmm. their page. And you want it to be aesthetically pleasing. You want people to come and, you know, it have some sort of like professional essence to it or like there's been, you know, thought put into it. So for us, we achieve that by having, if you go to our page, you'll see that like one column is always yellow posts, one column is always orange posts, one column is always pink posts because those are our brand colors. And then we try to alternate one photo will have like a legitimate photo in it, the next will be text, photo, text, so on and so forth. So it creates sort of like a checkerboard effect. Do you want to talk about like making it and how making the content and like how that's changed over time? I'm like, Canva, baby. Yeah, literally Canva. <laughs> um, but we didn't so, start that way. No, yeah. So I, we started pulling from Pinterest, actually. Mm-hmm. A decent chunk of our posts were from Pinterest. Um, it was a dark time. You <laughs> Don't can scroll, scroll back. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we started with that, just grabbing like aesthetic pictures that were within our color schemes. Again, we stick with like a orange, pink, yellow sort of theme. Um, and we tried to stick with that. And then I got an iPad. I became grown up iPad baby. <laughs> and I started drawing in, um, oh my God, what is it called? What is the app called? I haven't um, used Procreate. it. In, Procreate. Thank you. I haven't used it in a while, if you can't tell. Um, but I got an iPad and I bought the app Procreate and I started uh, doodling and whatnot. And you can actually do some like pretty cool things yeah. through Procreate. I'm not necessarily gifted artistically but I did my best um and we had some cool posts come out of it but then at the end of the day we just found that um using canva templates was just the easiest way to get like good quality graphics um and good quality posts so I haven't turned back maybe I'll start maybe I should get back into procreate so we can create Mm -hmm. some more like custom stuff but I've been I've been riding the Canva train and yeah. Canva's free. There's so many templates. Um, they're like completely customizable. So I'm able to like customize all of our colors and whatnot. And yeah, so that's how that's how we do that. And about the colors, I feel like it's been really good because it helps you avoid like I don't want to say like decision fatigue, but almost like having to pick colors. Like that can be like a you can spend a lot of time on that. And I feel oh, like yeah. I mean, I imagine like for you when you go in and you know like you have to do an orange post, like it saves a lot of time because you're not like, hmm, what color should I make this? Like it's yeah. it's pretty – it's like a formula almost. And same with like, oh, do I want to do like text? Do I want to do photo? Like it's yeah. also kind of chosen for me. So right. yeah, that is very nice. Um, And then I think one of the best ways to get your content pushed out, especially on Instagram, is through Reels. Like, it really does give you a surefire way to, like, show your actual podcast content. And reels aren't, like, dependent on your follower count. Like, reels are pushed out to any and all users. Obviously, some reels do better than others. But it's your best shot at, like, 
getting a wider reach. And obviously you can only represent what you're talking about on a podcast so much through just like a static feed post. Mm -hmm. But we are able to post actual like clips of our show to reels. So if you like come across our reel and we're talking about, I don't know, I just did one for our Am I the Asshole episode and you hear Anya read, you know, this segment of like, am I the asshole? And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. That person like totally is. You might be more inclined to be like, oh, I want to listen. Like, I wonder Mm -hmm. what they said about it. Um, so yeah, that is something I honestly, we were doing one reel per episode and I like slowly have been like, let's do two to three reels per Mm -hmm. episode. Um, so yeah. So if you follow us though, there will be more reels and I, I don't feel sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I will not apologize. Um, and then I think another great way, not only to just like help grow your podcast, but also like develop a sense of community within your podcast is connecting with other podcasters, other content creators and such. Um, and that's something you can do through social media as well. Like Anya said, we've connected with people like Jen Lauren, who has a podcast and um, the Girl and the Gov Girls who have their own podcast. And it's nice to, like, see when they, like, comment on our stuff or we comment mm-hmm. on their stuff and have that, like, sense of community. And then as well as we've had a, a ton of content creators as guests. And obviously it's super helpful when they reshare our posts and get people to listen to their episode and hopefully stick around for other episodes. Um, but, you know, podcasters and general content creators, we're all sort of fighting the same battle too. So it gives you that, like, sense of community and it gives you people to turn to um if you ever like need tips or if you see they're doing something that's really working asking them about it and you know yeah just things like that I feel like we've had a lot more success with developing those types of like internet friends organically though like yeah I remember in the beginning there were like podcast like groups like messaging groups yeah and they would kind of all agree to like like each other's posts and stuff And I feel like that kind of thing just, like, never works. Like, I wouldn't even bother. (laughs) Yeah, we tried it out just for the sake of, like, okay, let's try it to, like, rule out that this isn't super worth it. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, we were like, yeah. Like, it's fine. They're very well-intentioned, I think. But, yeah, yeah, it's just not organic. Um, Right. And then my, like, big goal, especially with our Instagram for this year is just, like, being more innovative to keep our audience engaged on Instagram and then transfer that engagement over to listeners. Um, yeah. Cause as you can imagine, that's like, that's the hardest part is, okay. Yeah. You Inversion. want to like, <laughs> you want to do well on Instagram. You want to grow the Instagram, but like, that's not the end all be all in the same way as like a fashion influencer. All they want you to do really is follow their Instagram. And then they're like, cool. But we're like, okay. Yeah. You follow. That's great. By the way, click the link in our bio and (laughs) like listen to the episode because at the end of the day all we really care about is the listeners like we're that's the end goal is to have people listen to the podcast and you know growing a following on instagram is just a means to an end in that sense so that's kind of where i'm at as far as like figuring out what to do and it's a good segue into the next tip which is don't get discouraged um I think it can be very easy, especially because just social media in general is going to ebb and flow. We've talked about it. We've had ebbs and flow in our listenership and our engagement on Instagram and our followers. Um, And it's tough. Like growing on Instagram is really tough. Growing through the podcast algorithm is borderline impossible. 
But at the end of the day, your goal is to just like form a dedicated audience. It doesn't really matter how big or small it is, as long as you're getting that like consistency and you can see that, you know, like we said, we don't know exactly who's listening to the show, but we can tell by numbers when like there's a consistent audience being served. And that's like the coolest part of it all. That's all you really want is just to make sure that you're like developing that dedicated audience. Yeah. And I feel like on the note of audience stuff, is like take their feedback like yeah you know give them opportunities to give you feedback because you know I feel like podcasting is a little different than like YouTube or Instagram because people can't comment on like specific episodes if that makes sense there isn't as much of like a built-in like feedback loop yeah you have to kind of get creative with like you know we post like an Instagram story asking like the little like question sticker and people can write feedback there so just know that you have to be a little more like innovative and like cross-platform than you would on like other social media um and I don't know if you want to talk about like our brief attempts at TikTok and YouTube and like why we've stuck with Instagram maybe in case people are wondering yeah I think well YouTube just right off the bat is just a lot of work for no return basically um so that's kind of why I think the dream in my opinion is for Anya and I to be able to record in person and have like a really cute setup and Mm -hmm. then upload that but I just feel like no one on a reel it's fine because you're dealing with 60 seconds or less of watching someone over zoom and like I think that's fine but no one wants to watch an hour of two girls talking on zoom (laughs) if that makes sense yeah we have like enough zoom in our lives (laughs) yeah exactly so I personally just like would put a pin in YouTube until we could have a more aesthetic um professional setup that makes it a little more worth watching it on YouTube. But you Um, like watching podcasts, right? I do like watching podcasts, but I also think that I might be in the minority for that. I feel like Yeah, I've never watched podcasts. I know Spotify actually has that uh, function now. Like we got a notification that like we could upload videos to Spotify. Um, Anchor and Spotify. Anchor is owned by Spotify. So they're a lot more like it's it's a lot better integration um, than other platforms. But like Call Her Daddy does the video yeah podcasts now it's interesting though I mean it's fun I guess but I'm usually listening to a podcast when I'm like on the go anyway you know yeah yeah I will put them on like while I'm working and I'll just have mm. my iPad because I'm growing up iPad baby to the side and I'll just have the um like the video playing so probably 75% of the show I am only like listening to it but when like I need like a quick five minute break from what I'm doing I'll look over and like it gives me something to like be entertained mm-hmm. by um And then TikTok, again, I just feel like TikTok, the way that it works and the content that's created on there didn't really lend itself well to, like, podcast previews. So then we just found ourselves, like, making general lifestyle-based TikToks, which, again, had the same issue of, okay, cool, like, this one TikTok could blow up, but if it's not going to translate into listening to our podcast then like we are essentially at square one again because that's what we want is for people to listen to the podcast. Um, And I think we also just struggled because Anya and I aren't located in the same space. Mm -hmm. Like it's, so we were having to create TikTok separately and then like try to make them when we were together. And it again, just kind of ended up being too much work for too little return. Um, Yeah. 
So as far as TikTok and YouTube go, I mean, I'm not opposed to revisiting them in the future. I'm not saying like, definitely don't worry about them. I think everyone's situation is a bit different. Um, and if you think you can swing it and you have ideas for how it could work for you, then by all means, like, don't let us stop you. They're just platforms that we've kind of put a pin in yeah. for the time being. I think that's how I found Girl in the Gov originally actually was on TikTok. I think that's kind of what they're, how they yeah. um, initially blew up, but same with the um, two hot takes, which inspired uh, the Reddit yeah. one. So clearly it can be done, but I think for us it just wasn't the right – we wanted to put all of our energy into Instagram for now at least because we do yeah. – like we're not content creators, you guys know. Like we don't have yeah. all day to like spend on different platforms. So I think yeah. just pick the one that you can be consistent with and stick with it. And that's kind of the main message overall is like pick – a topic that's going to work for you that you can be consistent with. Pick a cadence you can be consistent with. Yeah. Pick different social media you can be consistent with. Just yeah. that's really the the takeaway. Yeah. With that, that's how you podcast, people. <laughs> that's all of it. Nothing Our, else. Nothing else. If you do this, you will achieve viral fame and fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at us. <laughs> Just look at us. Viral internet stars. <laughs> Um, I've been, I noticed this halfway through and I've been wanting to say it, but I didn't want to like derail the episode too much. You know, those makeup erasers that I have that are like small. Yeah. They're so staticky that they always stick to my clothes and I kind of like lose them and find them in random places. There has been one in my pants this whole oh, day. Wow. And I just found it. Yeah. Well, so. DM us on Instagram if you made it far enough in the episode to learn that Anya had a makeup eraser in her pants. <laughs> it was like at my ankle. Like it was like at the ankle of the jogger. That's And I was funny. like, why does this feel extra thick? And then I was like, oh my God, this has been here all day. That's anyway. really funny. <laughs> anyway, right, we will. Thanks for listening to our 100th episode. Yeah. Here's, cheers to 100 more. Yes, for sure. And to celebrate our 100th episode, you should definitely follow us on Instagram and yes, rate us on that's Apple Podcasts. That's what we want as a gift. I feel like it's our, our birthday. 100th, yeah. <laughs> for our 100th birthday, <laughs> we would like a follow and a rating. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We will chat with you guys next week. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye.